you don't cut this or anything. It just goes. Nah. Oh, no, we, oh, we'll, we'll just... cut it. If, we'll cut it if there's something said that we're like, oh, uh, we probably shouldn't put that in. Yeah, it does yeah. say live in the top corner there. It makes <laughs> yeah, I know. Nervous. Very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It could be actually streaming right now. Wait, we've had we've had episodes where we've literally cut out slabs of twenty five minutes. <laughs> like, it, we, just, it had to go. <laughs> we went redid the whole show. Remember, we did the show. Yeah. And we're like, should we that just was do it shit again? Ass. <laughs> just did it all again. All right, welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast. We we have a very special episode today. We have we have Luke Durbridge and Matt Heyman joining us to talk all things Parry Bay. We dissect what was a very muddy day on Sunday, a very muddy day in hell. Um, we try to be do our best at being journalists, but we don't have a run sheet. We don't have questions prepared, so stay tuned. Uh, and Durbo reveals a very funny T-shirt. <laughs> Durbo reveals a very funny T-shirt. Enjoy the show. Like, share, subscribe. Love you all. Peace out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not prepared for this. This is going to be a good one. I can sense it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! We're fucking G. Are we? Ah. Well, you can't impeach somebody that's doing a great job. From Suchin Kendoker. George Bennett, you deserve this big fella. What's that salute? He's put the figure straight through the one play. We try and create a comfortable environment. There's no bullshit. There's just so many of them, aren't there? They just don't like it. Nelson, be proud. Yeah, baby. Welcome back, guys. Here we are. 6th of October. That means we're three days into the off-season. So in typical social distance podcast style, I'm fucking hung. My head <laughs> feels like it's in a vice. I spent all morning deleting embarrassing content off our Instagram page, but we're here. We are here, the first episode of the off-season, and it's off the back of an epic Paraloo Bay, and we've got two men who need no introduction, Matt Heyman and Luke Durbridge, here to share some war stories about the weekend with us. How are you doing, Jonesy? Oh, good. I thought we had a good conversation last night on uh, what's happened and went to recap that conversation straight off the gun. And you're like, oh, no, it's, oh I don't remember chatting to you. No. No, no, I'm drumming it up. I'm drumming it up. You've deserved it, mate. It's been a bloody long year, but geez, the boys at the bottom of the screen as well. Sh- shit, you'd be glad that Rue Bay's done and dusted, particularly you, Durbo. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Uh... Fuck me, it was a, it was a, it was a big, it was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah. He's Jesus. coming hot, <laughs> straight off the bat. Swear jar. Um, I was just nowhere else to describe it. It was, it was pretty gnarly. Um, yeah, we, um, I didn't crash, so like I said, it's a bit of a victory in the end. And um, but yeah, it was definitely one for the ages. Uh, Twenty years since the last time it rained, so. I was about ten years old, so I definitely wasn't there for that. And um, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was a big weekend. So it was a, it was a hard way to finish the season. I tell you that. Do you get worried like when you race in mud? Like I remember that famous day when I think you got really crooked. Um, was it Tour Langkawi when it was a real muddy day and there was bacteria in the mud? Is that Roubaix mud? The mud that smells like cow shit, or is it's not too bad? I don't know. I think it's the least of your worries, eh? least of your worries in Roubaix. Like, you probably could get crook from it, but, like, you know, it's like you said, there's a lot lot of uh, other things that can go wrong, probably a little bit worse than just getting a crook gut. So, uh, 
I had a few Belgian beers after the race to sort of kill anything in there. So, uh, <laughs> although the eyes, the eyes weren't looking that good. A bit of pink eye there for a while. Wasn't yeah, it, my, my eyes are a bit better now. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's all right. Um, I couldn't see. My eyes were so bad. I lost my glasses on the second sector. Um, but actually, saying that, yeah, I just pulled a bit of dirt out there right now. I'm just waking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely. Um, it was just. Uh, like a film like on your eyes it was just unbelievable like i, I didn't matter what you did i just couldn't clean them yeah so you couldn't do it either way like you couldn't wear glasses and you couldn't no. not wear glasses but you had to get across the cobble somehow like there's obviously some pretty epic images out there like from, oh, yeah. there's one from emil Lippens from uh trek did you see that photo he i think he was the last finisher within the time cut and uh there's a big photo expo of him on instagram or somewhere and like you can't recognize it's just literally like the masked man and then you just got these little eyeballs in there that are just bloodshot red because i thought of dirt as well it was it was fucking something else eh? and like the <clears throat> when i went up there last week i've had still had a had a you know problems with my wrist throughout the whole year so i wasn't entirely sure what i was going to be able to do um or how far i was going to be able to go on the cobbles and so the plan i spoke maddie was there, there as our director and we spoke on saturday morning and and the plan was I was just going to go as far as I possibly could, you know. And the reason I wanted to go as far as I could was because it was Bay for starters. Like, you don't – Parry Bay is something special and it's – any year, any time you go to Parry Bay, even just like the, the days leading up to it, you know, all the teams out doing recons, all the cycling journalists out there taking photos. You're in this, like <clears> – <throat> no offence to the northern French French people, but you're in this shitty part of France <laughs> and it's like – Yeah, no offence taken. <laughs> <laughs> But it just fe- it just feels like there's something happening, you know, that weekend. Like those days, it just feels like there's something happening. And then when we saw the weather forecast and we saw the women's race the day before, which on another note was spectacular as well. Um, I was like, I have to do this wet rebate. I don't know what's wrong with me. Am I crazy or what? But I have to. I have to go out there and slip and slide and crash and land on the mud and land in the puddle. I have to do this. It's been 20 years. It might not be another. Who knows when the next one's going to be? And April. It's something just like that's in your bloodstream. Or, and, you know, I, I know that you share this, this passion, Maddie, or, you, you know, you probably multiply this passion and you too, too, but, Dubai, but there's something about Roubaix that no matter what is happening, how you're feeling, whether you're sick, injured, tired, motivated, unmotivated, all of a sudden you get through bay and this thing flicks in your heart, I think, more than your head, and you go, fuck, I've, I've got to go onto those stones. You know? Do you agree, 100%. Matty? Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit different. Flanders, we're kind of racing up there all the time. We're, we're on those roads. And then, and then yeah, it's just pretty mythical to go through Arenberg and, um and yeah, especially. I mean, I was pretty nervous the night before, knowing that it was going to be wet. Nervous for you guys, and also knowing that you know, outside of a stage of the Tour de France, no one had been on wet cobbles for twenty years, and nobody had a real, true sense of what it was going to be like. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, it remains pretty special for me. Were you uh, driving, Maddie, or did you have someone else? No, I had Big Lorenzo driving. He was, he was. Uh, <laughs> He was uh, wetting a few people, but in his defence, in his defence, the uh, the car 
you cannot drive just down the cobbles and and you need to uh otherwise it bottoms out in that the ridge yeah. in the top so we have bash plates under the car but the car isn't isn't made any higher we didn't have any extra suspension or anything so you need to leave one wheel on the top of the ridge of the cobbles and the other wheel on the side and also to let the the lane on the left hand side open for the riders but um yeah i think it was uh rusty came up gregory Rustner from trek and just said you've just actually because his, his right hand wheel was just always in the puddles and it was sending like just just like a, a shower of mud across and he went past this vip area with these all these people in white pants and shirts and they would have been they would have been 25 meters away from the course and and rusty could not stop laughing that he said they were just covered in head to toe in manure and shit and side of the road so uh it was uh i think it, by about half race he was doing it on purpose to be honest <laughs> oh he's brutal he's brutal yeah, yeah, yeah. he wouldn't give a shit too like no, those no. guys would be like, oh sorry like the heads, heads, just... <laughs> <laughs> um, just, like, yeah. loving it there was a reason there was a reason we had to keep the car off the off from bottoming out but I also think he he found a couple of big puddles. Yeah, when you go up into the grass and you you almost clean <laughs> you know, <laughs> through the barbecue seat. Watch out! Yeah, I'm not driving in the cobbles, eh? <laughs> we only we only had one car in the race. Well, you know, one one kind sports drinkers car, yeah, kind of. So we had Heyman as a head BS, like calling the shots, and then Lorenzo driving the car for him. And then after a while, like Derby went in the breakaway. Of like 30 guys went away about 30 30 k before the first sector or 40 k i can't remember when it was exactly but before the first sector this group of 30 riders went away we had durbo and then we had rob standard in there and durbo who was was one of our leaders um were our main leader for the right for the race and then at, at a certain point all the all the cars team cars started coming past the peloton to go and drive behind the breakaway riders they had a two minute gap at this point and i never saw Heyman go past and then uh and then I could hear him on the radio, and I was like, I never saw Lorenzo and Maddie go past, but I assume that he they, they must be at Durbo now. Like, no, they're in the puddles. Be, like, that'd, be, that'd be crazy not to be servicing Durbo now in the cobble section, driving behind us. Anyway, we get to the first sector, it goes into about 10,000 groups, like straight away, crashes, people slip and slide and everywhere. And I'm in a group of 20 guys, 30 guys or something. And after about five or six sectors, by this point, I'm Mate, I'm not even in the same radio service as Derb. I'm so far behind Derb at this point, you know. Ten minutes behind him probably. And I come off the sector and I turn left. So we turn left and I look to see if there's any more riders coming on the cobbles. And there's my team car there with all the bikes on the roof. And I'm like, what the fuck is Matty doing? He is... Is he backing me or what? Maybe maybe he's backing me for... He's had a lot of courage on the way in. And so I like turn around and I have a look back and it was just our team physio and our, one of our team <laughs> mechanics just driving the other car just in the race. <laughs> like, hey boys. Yeah, I had to make a call. I had to make a quick call. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, you know, flexible, multitaskers. So how much how much do the mechanics shit themselves, Manny, for Roubaix? Because, I mean, you look at some of the horror stories of punches and, you know, Derby had mechanicals and that as well, but mechanics must be shitting themselves going into the race yeah i think so i think uh 
Yeah, they know more chance than not that they're going to have issues. And um, normally they're like a good race for a mechanic is one where they never get out of the car and there's a good chance you're going to get out of the car at Roubaix. So, yeah, pretty pretty uh, stressful day for them. And it starts a, a week out. Um, so, yeah, we uh, had a few incidents as we were running around in the mud, uh, changing wheels. Um, Durbo. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a few radio ins, uh, problems too. I mean, I didn't even hear Durbo's puncture, his first one, which meant we were pretty slow getting him in a spare bike there. So it's uh, it's pretty full on. And, I mean, there's times too. I mean, there was a whole middle section of the race there where we just had no idea where, where everybody was. Um, I don't think the race knew. I mean, I'd, no. be, calling, I'd be calling for trackers too because um, it just doesn't seem right that in this day and age I've got, you know, six bike riders in the race and I've no idea if one of them's in the ditch. I could drive past them. I, I don't know where they are. Um, and and the race radio was pretty much just saying there's two leaders and then there's some groups. I didn't know where Rob was. I didn't know where Durbo was. And, and to be fair to the race radio, I mean, they're only one car and they're behind whatever group they're behind and, and they can't see everything. So it was about, yeah, probably 40 minutes there where, where we really just had no idea. No internet, couldn't check up on the TV, couldn't check up on pro cycling stats and just had no idea where anyone was. So pretty stressful day for everyone. Well, there was a couple of TV motos that binned it. There was yeah. one live with the coverage and you see the camera just go boom <laughs> to the ground. There's just people going past with the camera on the ground. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Did you see the footage of the uh, AG2R car going around the corner? Yeah, yeah. yeah. into the ditch. So, yeah. It was it was great, great he was looking that, for a puddle. He was looking yeah. for puddles, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> have, you got, have you got a run <laughs> or anything? No, I, just thought, I just thought I'd leave it up to Bill's. Like, I've got a few questions here I can scroll through if you want. I thought, oh, we'll see how Bill's goes here, sticking it all together. <laughs> And then you get that slow pause, and the brain's like, you can see Bill's going, oh, something will come to me, something will come to me. (laughs) Got nothing. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I do have. I've got Durbo's clothes. He left his, Durbo left his Paru Bay siphon kit in a plastic bag in my bike bag, and we both forgot. We flew back from um, Brussels on Monday morning. Well, that'd have a good point to it. And we both forgot, and I got home and un- un- unzipped my bike bag, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's Durbo's clothes. So I pulled him out, and I was, I knew that Durbo, Durbo we just got to town, and Durbo had to rush off for a meeting and stuff. So I was like, I'm not going to see him till, until tomorrow. I can't, as much as I'd love to, I can't let these wet, dirty cycling kits sit in a plastic bag for another 24 hours. I'll have mice in my house. Oh, yeah. So I had to, like, I got them out and gave them, put them in the bath and Gave Dubo's kit the full wash, hand washed, oh, Paru Bay oh, mud off. Oh man, did my bath, and then I put them in the washing machine. I knew he wanted to keep the, I knew he wanted to keep his shirt with the numbers on, so I left the numbers on, but they're sticking oh. up so that they no longer exist. Um, <laughs> Don't and... tell my mum that. I told you that, buddy. Because <laughs> oh, no. my my mum, my mum said um, they've got this jersey at home from 2016 Rue when you won. Oh no, 17. Um, and uh, they've got it framed. This jersey, it's like the filth from Roubaix, and it's framed. I didn't finish 2017, I crashed out <laughs> and I was in an ambulance. Like, so every time I look at the, 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 the jersey, I'm like, well, What the hell is that doing up there? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a bad memory. Like, ah, oh, but we were there, it was a special day, we were there. But I'm like, Yeah, but it was a shit race, and I don't want to look at that jersey, go, 
Yeah, in 17, that ambulance mm. ride was fantastic. Straight <laughs> <laughs> so, to the pool room. <laughs> I said, Mum's rang me the night before. She's like, look, you got you, you, one thing you have to finish because, you know, I need, I need you can put, you can take that jersey down that you don't like and you can put a new one in there. Just make sure you keep all the mud on it. <laughs> so, oh, no. Bills has, no. Done, Bills has done a really good, you know, been a real good mate, just cleaning my jersey, you know, taking the, taking numbers, the numbers off. off. <laughs> <laughs> and Mum's like, like, oh, I was talking to you yesterday and she was pissed. She was so pissed. But in, def- in defence to me, like, there's no way you're getting a muddy Perry Bay or muddy anything through Australian biosecurity. No. You know? No, you, no, that's You'd be true. on Channel 9. Security. Exactly. I, I actually, there is one security guard in Australia that I come back from, and he knows me. And every and he, a couple, I've had him twice, and he's just like back for the off season, Luke. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. He's like straight through, and I'm just like, yeah. okay. So this is what happened twice. So maybe if I get that guy, I'm straight through. You know, with contraband from uh, Paris Bay, but yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. You were talking about stories about a uh, contract riders. I remember the first weekend of the classics where you do the Het Newsblad and um, Umlu. What were the other ones? Yeah, keep going, keep trying. Oh, I can't remember the <laughs> name. Jonesy. Of it's but the same, we it's love, the same we... race, Jonesy. You've just it's <laughs> Umlu and Het Newsblad is the same. Yeah, it's the same. And race. then Sunday is Kern Sunday. Russell Kern. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, man. Twenty twelve, first ever, you know, big classics for Green Edge, and we lost fucking Alan Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours. He, he went MIA. He, he was piped out the ass. I think Steve was the director. And he's like, ah, fuck, we've, we've fucking lost Alby. Like, he rolled up to the bus. He was fucking steaming. He's fucking out, Steve. I was fucking on the bloody radio. I'm taking a left turn. I'm fucking in the middle of nowhere. Three hours. This weekend. Didn't you oh. have a story? Didn't you have a story about trying to find Kerner? Yeah, yeah, you were asking, stopping in at shops, trying to find... Yeah, I got lost my first ever Kerner in 2010. uh, We were talking about it, actually, on the bus the other day at the hotel, weren't we? Like, it was the most feral weather. Like, I said it was minus six, and then Hayman reminded me it was, like, three degrees. But it felt like minus minus six. But it was fucking pissing rain, super windy, and there was, like, 26 or 27 finishes of what Maddie was one of them. And, uh, um... Like it was so cold. Jeremy Hunt was in the front group with like five k to go and stopped. Just climbed off his bike. Couldn't ride anymore. It was so cold. And I, it was my first pro race actually. And we started, and I had this rain jacket on. It was about five <laughs> times too big to me. It's flapping in the wind, and like <laughs> minus minus six and crossing. And we <laughs> we rolled out of the neutral zone, and the and the race start. And I just went Poof, straight at the ass. Like I got I got dropped after seven k, and then. I, I was like, I'm out of the race. I can't come back. I've got this jacket on. Like, and I'm chasing, chasing, chasing. And then eventually this train um, barriers went down. There's a train coming. So the bunch got stopped. So I came back on, got back in the bunch. I was like, oh, hope no one saw that. Here I am. <laughs> so then I like, took my rain jacket off. And then the train tracks went up. And we, the race started again. And we went uphill. And I went straight out of the ass. Gone. <laughs> so then I was like, I can't. What am I going to do? Like I said, oh, I've only done 15K or something at this point. I'll just ride back there. Kerner, right back with the buses. So I flipped it, and mate, this is this weather is hard to explain, but it was horrible, horrible, horrible. People were getting in, like, there's a photo of Tom Boone and standing in some old lady's house because there's no room in the, in the sag wagons anymore. They were full. Teams had bloody bike riders from all different teams in their cars and bikes on the roofs, and everyone trying to get home. 
in any way other than riding the bike. And I'm trying to get back to Kuna, which is just down the road, but I've taken a wrong turn as well. And I am honestly out there for like two hours trying to find this little Belgian village. And I had no idea where I'd been, where I was. I didn't like, I had never been there either. Like nowadays you might be able to find your way or you see in town, you recognize. I had no idea. And I literally stopped in this little village and went into the, the Nightwing, Nightwinkle store and uh, was just like, where, where's Kerner? How do I get there? And like this is the day before, like before garments and things. And I was out there for like two hours. And the time I got back to the to the house, um, to we we're, were at Dirk the Mole's brother's house actually. I got back there. The, the rest of the team was already back in there as well. So I like I almost looked better than them, but I'd been dropped considerably earlier. <laughs> I uh, I do want to raise one thing about the Roubaix race. It could be a bit controversial, but like hats off to the winner, Sonny Colbrelli. Well done, great win, mm-hmm. first Roubaix. I do want to pick a bit of a bone. I thought that the post-race celebrations, obviously, Ooh. you Ooh. win, you win Roubaix. I get it, massive moment. I get it, but he was rolling around on the grass. Like I give it thirty seconds to a minute for it to sink in, celebrate or whatever. This went on for five minutes. This was the same reaction if I saw my mum get shot at point blank range. Like, <laughs> here's I, a good one. Here's a good one. For I you, almost, I almost felt like saying. I'll give you that, but when it kept going and he kept rolling and he kept screaming and the cameras are still there, I thought, now you're just taking the piss, mate. Fucking time out. Time out. Dust yourself off. Calm down. I get you've won Roubaix against the first one, but I felt it went on a bit too long. Like, share, subscribe. Leave your comments below. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought, it's just my gut Uh, shot. So um, I might have got a text from my wife while that was happening and she said bit over the top that's it <laughs> and I was, oh, well, anyway and then to follow on to that i got contacted yesterday afternoon by a journalist in belgium from the um like the abc radio mm. um radio one in belgium and today at 10 o'clock they did a whole themed hour on their radio show about screaming so he came and interviewed me yesterday and I had a 20-minute segment on Belgian radio about Sonny Cobrelli's, Cobrelli's uh, scream at the finish line. So, Well, there you we, go. There we go. It, 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 it did actually ring true with a lot of people. That, uh, so we sat down, he went through his scream, he went through my scream, we talked about screaming as a rider, duh, 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 and it went out today. He, he, sounded like a, he sounded like a wounded goat, hey? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, boys. Yeah. I, I, like, I didn't say that on Belgian radio. No, can't that. <laughs> Roubaix is such a weird race, like, and that's such an epic addition, right? Um, you've got mud all over your face. Derba, how much of it is you have to give five minutes to let the camera guys just get their, get their shots? Is there any part <laughs> I, of that? I, yeah, you know, you've seen my famous one. I've got like, the worst <laughs> face that ever existed after all that. You know, slow, slow mo. It's just we like might, we, we might use that photo. To yeah, it's just photo. some of my Bucks party. Mitch used that as my face, you know, like as a shirt. It's it's pretty bad, actually. Um, actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll say, I've, I've actually got it here. I'll go get it. It's bloody funny. And yeah, so, your face this year wasn't far off, to be honest. Nah. <laughs> You, you had the room. It, it was terrible. Everyone was but pretty the, uh, and pretty. I will say, like after the state, yeah. I will say your internet shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I laid down and I closed my eyes for a second, and I could have just I could have just gone to sleep. There was that much stress and that much like 
just that whole day was just so hard from the from the get go that you just your body was like, okay, I've I've just had enough stimulus for the day now. Um, you've just pushed me to the edge. Um, so I just I didn't it wasn't dramatic, I wasn't screaming or anything because I just rolled in, just put my bike down, sat on the grass, laid down for a second, and I was just like, and the body was like, and I'm out. <laughs> it was like I was so fucked. So um, it wouldn't have the same effect there. if you did like a cold belly scream. It wouldn't have had the same effect. People would have been like, here we go. Get a, here, boys. Call the this medic. Is the, this is the shirt. I'll get it up for you. Let me just put it this right here. Oh. <laughs> I'm the, I've got this fucking. There we go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's five bucks Wait, and I'll cry if I want to. Look at that. That's a head for you, isn't it? <laughs> so bad. So the good. helmet hair. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> I remember those t shirts. Um. Uh. I, I want to talk. I want to ask both of you guys. Like you're both two of the most passionate Australians, at least of when it comes to Paraguay Bay. You know, over in Belgium and I, I'd question and anyone that's more passionate. I know, maybe I know. I is pretty passionate. There's some very, yeah, very, passionate very, very passionate people about Bay, but you two particularly, as we know. I want to know. You both got different stories. How did how did the passion come about? Like I think for you, Durbo, you you had a lot of like the connection through Mitch. Mitch had already been doing a lot of um, racing in Belgium and stuff, and you always been close friends with him. You got sort of involved in the romantic side of it all through him. But Heyman, I guess you have to tell us. But how did well, it come wanna, about to be so Durbo passionate? Or? Well, either or. Just fight for it. it first. It's like Squid Game. <laughs> fight for it. <laughs> um, I, I guess first for, for me was um, I remember watching. Stewie's win. Um, I had this like dodgy Russian feed on the laptop on, on the computer back home, and I stayed up and I sort of just started getting into cycling. And uh, I was watching this race because I only really televised Roubaix and the Tour de France back home, you know, like it was only those sort of two races that really got full time coverage. Um, all the other races didn't really exist. So you know, we uh, I watched that and I remember Stewie winning. And uh, I remember just like everyone's asleep. I was like run through the house to wake up mum and dad to tell them about a person they don't know or don't care about <laughs> just won a bike race in Paris through Bay. I was like, Stewie won. Stewie. Stewie won Roubaix. And mum said, that's great, but we don't know who Stewie is, you know. Do you reckon we could get his jersey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then, so then from there it was like, okay, and then the first time I did it was just like really hard. And then I think I just sort of, I think just from there, just sort of every year I went back, there was some good memories. And I guess it was, uh, was the Mitch, Mitch was a big factor into, into falling in love with Roubaix. But I think it was when, well, it was really when, when you won that, you know, like we'd had it done a few years before that, but I guess it just never really, I was really into it, but it was like, fuck, when you won, it was there that year. It was just so special. Um, that was a, that was just an unreal day in general, wasn't it? <laughs> and uh, so I think that was just one of those things you sort of like remember those memories. And Not many people have great memories of Roubaix because it can be such a hard race. But to have like one or two great memories in Roubaix is enough to keep you believing that you're going to have a nice day there, you know, like because it is possible. And look, it, it's a lot of the time it, it, it cannot be, but uh, I think there's... <laughs> 
if you had a few opportunities there, we actually, I've had a nice day. I've had a day there that it's all gone well and it's all gone. And Maddie won the race and it was a great day. So I think that's why I'm still really like that race because it's, it, it needs a lot of combinations to, to come together. But when it does come together, oh, man, as you saw on the weekend, people are just in awe with that race. Eh? Like, it's just so gnarly. Like, every person you, you talk to, like, spoke to my family. Like, my whole family sat down and watched it from start to finish. You know, my nana, my cousins, they don't watch cycling at all. But they're just like, this race is just ridiculous, you know. So, it is just such a special race that way. So, take mechanicals out of it. What were your plans? Because you, you looked pretty comfortable when uh, before you had troubles would do you reckon you would have been with gianni and then just when he had his mechanical piped him and solo into the velodrome yeah oh that was the plan yeah i think that would have happened for sure no i think it's it's one of those things in it like i haven't made the breakaway of roubaix i've tried a couple of times but this year I made that split which was good um look i was pretty i was feeling pretty good like i was pretty comfortable um hadn't done too much yet uh, i wasn't panicking about those couple of three guys away because we're still quite early. We still had a big group, and especially when Luke Rowe come back, there was no Sky guy on the front, and they had three guys in our group. So, yeah, I was sort of like looking looking forward to that opportunity. I guess um, it's a hard hard opportunity to make, and um, it was there. So, who knows? Like in the end of the day, there was if you look at the guys in the breakaway, there was a lot of those guys in the top ten and top fifteen of the race um, in the end, and. You don't you eliminate those big efforts that the uh, like Van der Poels or Van Arts make, which doesn't really like suit me as much, and I'm I'm sort of in front of the race. So that was my plan to have a two minute buffer going through all those really hard sections. Mm. Um, by the time they get to you, they've used up a lot of energy, and then you're sort of playing an even even game at that point. Um, so who knows? Who knows? It's 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 one of those things. It's it, it's a nightmare, Jonesy. If you start going through all the situations of what could have been, but. It is what it is. I'm happy that I put myself in the race. Happy so I gave, me, gave myself an opportunity and um, gave me another little, little, little nice little taste that maybe it's maybe it's possible. And um, I'll, I'll keep showing up until uh, till we can do something there. Well, at least with Maddie, it, it's like, mate, good things come to those who wait. If I have to wait sixteen fucking years, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> as long as not sixteen more from now. Yeah. <laughs> when when did you night for you, Manny? Um, yeah, I think like early on, I guess the Tour de France is the one that you know as as a as a rider in Australia and, and I wasn't really sure. I don't think that Roubaix was really on my I liked racing in Belgium when I came over as an amateur. Um and then I did my first Roubaix and I just remember all the staff and everybody else saying, Oh, this is gonna really suit you, you're gonna like this and um, you know, being flat helps. Um, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't convinced for a while. Probably the first three or four years, I was just getting my ass kicked and people were winning by, I was 25 minutes down every time and people going, yeah, we're going to be good at this. And I was like, what I reckon. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I had a bit of a breakthrough and like Durbo said, you just get those little glimpses and it's not every year, but every now and again, I had one year, um, I think, um, can't remember who won, but I was with Stewie at the end and we were only within about two minutes of the winner, two and a half minutes, and I had a puncher on the second last sector, came back. So still feeling strong after 250K and that was kind of like, whoa, maybe, and then it kind of snowballed from there. And, and like Durbo said, you have one year you get a good result or, it's, you know, you just get that little bit of hope and then you have a couple of years where you get your ass kicked again. And, um, and also, yeah, just seeing those other guys that, you know, 
that every now and again there's a podium with people that you consider kind of normal rather than the freaks, the Cancellaras and the Boonans. And you see these normal guys just ending up on the podium and you're like, well, if they can do it, maybe I can. So that's kind of – and I think that's for everybody. When you when you look at Milan San Remo, you look at Flanders, there's not really any normal people end up on the podium. They're all freaks. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's you right. Oh, they yeah. Reckon? You Mate, know, like it's pretty – You're a freak. <laughs> yeah, you, won't you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, Flanders is normally going to have have the the, the guns of of that that year mm. on the podium, yeah. or even if it's somebody you didn't expect, they've shown before. You know that it's going to be a pretty pretty uh, standard. But Roubaix, you know, look again. We've got a what is it, Florian Vermeersch, twenty two mm. year old. Yeah, everyone knows he's strong. He's done some good races this year, and now he's second in Roubaix. A um, couple other guys in the top ten there. Strong bike riders, but but you know they've they've had their breakthrough performance. So I think it it's nice in cycling to have that. I mean, it's a bit like it's a bit like the breakaway winning. That's why you stay in the sport because otherwise it's just the same five guys winning all the races. The the coolest thing about your Roubaix win is there was like four years within the Green Edge team where we we'd had Stewie, we knew how big Roubaix was, but uh, to be honest, like, and then we had um, was it Kukli around six? Remember the? Year I think four? the year before, actually, yeah. yeah. Well, and Langeveld was top ten one year too. Yeah, but there was always in the back of your mind going, "We're never going to win this. this <laughs> we never." <gonna> win. <laughs> I hope we do, but we probably won't. We and haven't so, got a fucking chance. That's not what you were saying, Jonesy, in the bus. <laughs> no, nah, but, but no, nah, mate. I, I've openly told people that day you won it. When you were in the break and we're at this uh, restaurant, I'm there with my mum and uh, my mum's getting all excited, going, oh, Maddie's in the break. I'm going, fuck, pipe down, mum. It's a TV <laughs> attack. He's broken his arm. They'll catch him and, you know, burn and all that. We'll sorry, but he'll get piped. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just telling her. She goes, oh, geez, that's a bit negative. And I go, mum, <laughs> I've done many of these races. You come over here on a holiday. You don't know what you're You don't know. You don't just know. pipe down. All right? <laughs> Just call the jets. And then when it, when it got close and we're in that velodrome and, and Bannon gave me his bloody press pass. And when, and when the announcer, it was the car for Lebra when you fell off the back and then the announcer's gone around, he's gone, who's got to win? And he went through all the names. He didn't mention you. And everyone was cheering. I thought, oh, well, even the announcer's fucking up. It's done. And then when you got back on... I started going, what the fuck is going on? I'm freaking out. So I'm getting lenses and shit because normally you just rely on the news feed or the ASO and you just get the post-race like Durbo's hair shot. That's easy. <laughs> then I've got this panic going, fuck, he's coming in the same. <laughs> What's this? Cleaning lenses. lenses yeah. Fucking... Oh, yeah, sorry. That looks a bit Lens clean. <laughs> yeah. And so then when you won it, like that was it, – it's easily top five days of my life. In terms oh, of I've never, but I've never had a reaction of just I could not control my shit because <laughs> it was like even to this day you watch the video I still can't fucking believe you won it I still the story and everything it's still like it's so unbelievable it's like something out of a fucking Hollywood script and then you get all these blokes going no I backed him yeah I got him at two hundred and one you're like ah oh, shit. <laughs> I could have made some good butts and burner on the back of it as well. But I only had to believe, you know. Well, <laughs> so I, I put my hand up, mate. I that was a somebody who 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 thought they had actually made some money, and they didn't press the button the second time to confirm the bet. Oh so no! Celebrated the win, went to bed, woke up the next day, and went, oh, 
like in the basket that wasn't confirmed. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> and I'm now oh. hungover. Yeah. Oh, no. that, that day was epic, though, 2016. For some reason, like, everything seemed to, like, work. Like, everything, everything that could have happened in Roubaix, winning, big crash, <laughs> when you're from, when you're not from Europe, families there. Everything happened that one yeah. year. Like, my, my yeah. dad was there. Your, well, your parents are there, there Jonesy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my dad wife and my mum yeah. and my brother were there. They're never they were all there. there. Like, everyone yeah. was there. And then Mitch had that horrible, nasty crash on Arenberg. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I hope Mitch isn't watching like, this bit. Like, <laughs> it, was it was all perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. Um, but that was, but that, yeah, was, was the, just... that was the weirdest part about the celebrations that night because everyone was obviously worried about Mitch, but you've you've obviously won Roubaix. So it was sort of like you just want to wait until you know how mm. he's traveling before you can really let rip. And mm. then, um, yeah, I just went straight into, geez, I better not fuck this video up. <laughs> was, and, and I was freaking out like when I was saying to Matty Wilson, did you have the camera on in the car? recording because if he missed that i've had many of those where you don't get the celebration shot and then when you you watch it back and you're like it's all those different elements that come into it that you see the reactions and what it means it's like even to this day it's never going to get old because it's it's just fucking epic there's no other way to describe it it's i remember i remember when you uh you were cutting it up jonesy and you're you're in girona and yeah. um, you're like, all right, okay, I think I'm ready, boys. I think I'm ready. You know, come round. Uh, we'll, we'll have a screening, you know. So we <laughs> yeah. all we all went over to Jonesy's house uh, one evening. It was like, well, probably a couple of days after Roubaix. And we sat down. We had popcorn and everyone was sitting down ready to watch this video. And Jonesy's put it on. And then after it's finished, he's like, look around the whole room. Just everyone's just like wives, girlfriends, <laughs> oh, yeah. bawling their eyes out, man. And everyone was just like, Joe's like, good, good, huh? Good, because you'd probably seen it a couple of times. You weren't crying and we're all just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it yeah. Again and, yeah. It was yeah. so good. Some music, Jonesy. Some music. Bloody out of music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Mm. It's so Jesus. good. I love the, the, I just love the Wilson. What an idiot. You know, when he <laughs> <laughs> well that was the scene that was the scene we put in all for one i don't think that made the backstage nah. but when we yeah. deep dived with all for one because when you're doing backstage you've got time limits so i cut that and had it online the day after rubay that night but with um there you oh. go there's kenny there it is oh yeah that's it man the old man with your stone Maddie. that's hell. fantastic well, well, that, they were filming gopro vision the old man and kenny and they almost had a punch on with the coppers there you remember yeah. that, Bills? Because oh, they wouldn't let him onto the course. And Emu's filming it. And Emu started arcing up, going, no, you're a fuckhead, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to the French cops. I'm like, what, what, what do you think you're doing? Like this bravo Aussie comes in like, you know, French cops. I can just tell him where to go. You're he's like he didn't get his head. Yeah, he didn't get his head kicked. <laughs> he oh. doesn't say police. He says Jean Don Marie. He's like, oh, they're just this fucking thing starts with yeah. G, you know. Like, they're yeah. the police, mate. Yeah. <laughs> You're a fuckhead, mate. Uh, he's got it all on his little GoPro stick. You just see this finger like <laughs> coming out of the side. My, my old man was giving bottles because they, yeah, my dad and your dad were together with Craig Gatorade. They were doing the sectors. Yeah, so the greatest day of my dad's life. He's a massive cycling fan. <laughs> He loves Parry Bay, and he got to do the sectors. He got to see Maddie win. Like he loved it. 
and he was so we came off i remember coming off one sector early on in the race and i could see dad we turned left off the sector i could see dad on the road holding bottle and i was like oh sweet so then i i uh, i was behind sargon and it must have been quite deep into the race where it was kind of at that point where everyone's desperate for a drink and it, you sort of just swan years or understand that and they're giving a bottle to another rider from a different team whatever and dad's holding his bottle and sargon goes to grab it and dad just goes yoink <laughs> just straight away from him and then Sagan's like, what the fuck? And then, <laughs> and then I took it. And then I went up to Sagan and I was like, that's my dad. <laughs> I, I did that to Valverde once in the first year of Greenwich. I didn't know that you could give bottles to other teams. And it was on a hot climb at the Vuelta. And he like reached out for it and I did the same thing, like lifted it up so he didn't get it. And then Quaddy afterwards goes, mate, what are you doing? So I, oh, should I be giving it? He goes, mate, if they're fucking thirsty, just give him one. Oh, <laughs> you guys play harder than we do. Yeah. No, not on our team. But but I think you got the set. You're getting back to post race Roubaix celebrations. I think yours was done properly. Just pure shock. You know, shock for thirty seconds, and then when it kicked in, the the hands yeah. go up. That's the customary. Let the Swannies come in. That's the cue. <laughs> and then Durbo's teammate reaction was perfect as well. The two hand head shake. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> baby rattles. Understand me. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's what I do with my kids. Do yeah. not do that again. That's it. I, I did. A, I did a high jump over the barricade to get in there as well. I just sort of ran up and just jumped over the barricade. And going in. I'm just going in. I'm running around looking for him. <laughs> Sanard's there, all sulky and boom. boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the funniest, the funniest was it was Fabian's last Rubai and he binned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. himself. We talked about that, eh? Hey? Yeah. Uh, oh, I yeah, saw that man. live. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> to clear that up, to clear that up to the listeners who didn't, who didn't see it, he didn't crash on a cobble section or in the Arenberg or something. Oh, he no. rode into the velodrome, his final Rubai, and he rode around the top of the velodrome to give a a goodbye lap for the crowd and he just had the pedal and locked it up. <laughs> Slid down into a puddle. And it was the into only puddle. puddle. It was yeah. the only puddle for 800k. <laughs> and his ass went straight in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, Talk, it talking so about great. puddles, I want to ask, Maddie, did you do 2002? Did you I do every uh, This is my whole bloody speech to you guys. That You wanted to be there. You wanted to do it. Yeah, no, um, two. 2001 and two 2002. Went. So, yeah. Carnarvon one and uh, Museo. So, yeah. I can ask both of you now then, Durbo and Heyman. Gun to your head, wet or dry, Roubaix? Dry. Really? <laughs> Jafar, I reckon it was way more fun in the wet. Do you reckon? I know what the part would answer. I, I've already told the team I'm not coming back to Roubaix unless it's wet. <laughs> no, I reckon yeah. dry. I think, and I think Durbo's now at that that realization. I think the first couple of years I thought wet, just because it's chaos and you got more of a chance. But uh, I think Durbo's at that realization that he can do it. So he wants to reduce the the lottery of it, and uh, a dry one's probably the way to go for Durbo too. But, now. but imagine doing it in the wet. I imagine don't have to imagine. imagine. You, I don't have imagine, to imagine. Imagine, imagine if you won it in the wet. I mean. Well, it's still. I don't. Like, I don't imagine if you get it's your day sunny and tailwind the whole way, and I win it. Like, you wouldn't oh, this, conversation, it this conversation's going nowhere. <laughs> you want a different oh. answer? Yeah. Down to your head, Sam. Dry. 
for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would, what I would say is my hands are in the best shape they, they have ever been for Roubaix. And I reckon it's because of the mud. It just, there was just, the cobbles are a lot softer. Like if you, mm. so I was saying like, it's, it's a lot um, nicer to ride across muddy cobbles because it's actually just, there's just dirt. There's a lot of dirt in there. And when it's dry, you do hit a lot of the stones. But when it goes wrong in the wet, you just have no control. Like in mm. the in the dry, you can sort of save it. If you if you fall off the hump, you can sort of save it. But if you when when you are in the in the in the wet, you it's all good. It's all good. It feels quite smooth, and you're in the mud. It's fine. But then as soon as you just get snagged, you're off down, and you just have no control over the bike. And the bike just takes you off. So I think that's why I would like it dry because you you've just got a chance to re-correct if something does go wrong. Um, but in the wet, you just you just don't have that chance. I had this image in my head the night before, like I was thinking to myself, okay, what's it going to be like tomorrow? Like what to expect with with, with the weather, with the, how, how it's going to be a ride on wet cobbles, muddy cobbles. And I, for some reason I had in my head that we were going to come into the first sector, 150 guys at 50k an hour, and the moment our wheels touch a cobblestone, the bunch is just going to go, Foof, and just there was going to be 100 bike riders down. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that's what I had in my head. I was like, this is what it's going to be. And as we got close to the first sector, I was... I was I was with someone next to someone, Mickey Shah, I think, and I was like, "Here we go, here we go!" Like just <laughs> ready just to crash. I was and sitting then on I got... the couch eating popcorn, thinking the same thing. Going, oh, here, we, here go. we go, here we go." <laughs> and like as slippery as it was, and difficult as they were to ride, they were they were easier to ride than I thought they were going to be. And that, and I mean, I, admittedly, I didn't do considerable amount of sectors, but. The sectors that I did do, yeah, you don't have when shit hits the fan, you've got no control. But up until that point, you have control, more control than I thought. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We we made a call there to go and ride the wet cobbles the day before, and I was a bit like, you guys weren't sure, you weren't definitely going to ride them. And I was like, I don't know if I want to scare the shit out of you guys or get a bit of reality that you know they're going to be wet. And it's different if. I think probably the most dangerous is when half of the cobbles are wet or there's wet sectors in the middle of them. But when it's just like that all day, um, so I don't know whether that was a good call or not, but I think, yeah, the day before just having a go on them and, and having a bit of an idea what they were going to be like, whether that just put more I think like, yeah. like like Sam said, it was like you they were rideable. That's it. Like we just would expect we'd never been in the wet. We've never done a wet Roubaix 20 years. You just expected everyone just as soon as you hit the first section, even if you're going straight, didn't touch the brakes, you'd just be down. So yeah. I think the, you, that it is rideable. They, they were more than rideable for sure. Um, yeah. So I think that was a good little thing to do because you sort of just go, oh, yeah, actually, they are rideable. But, I mean, the the weather the night before was like, <laughs> man, it was just – it was horrific. Like, <laughs> you were just, <laughs> you were, you were like it was like a ghost in your, in your hotel room. It was like – and uh, and we looked outside and there was like the buses were like having a hard time staying up. You know, there was just like this, like the rain was just driving in from the side. I was running by myself. I had to sleep with the light on. Was that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and Jack had the window open. We're both leaning out the window and we're just looking out there just going, <sighs> and we just kept doing like <laughs> sighing, just like, uh, how are we going to do it? Oh. Yeah, we, we, got in, we got in the lift with Phil Gilbert and he's the last winner since Roubaix was on in 2019. And we got in with him and he's just like, we were just sitting there and he's like, 
you ready, boys? And we're like, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I don't want to do this. And I was like, and we're all just like, yeah, I'm not sure about it. And we're just thinking like, the winner, he's won this bike race. And he's just <laughs> he sitting here going like, I don't know if I want to do this, you know? And you're just like, oh, my God. So I think in the end it wasn't like it was everyone – Everyone rode. Every, it was a lot. It was slower. You know, it was a lot mm. slower. Everyone gave everyone room. Um, there was big gaps in between riders. Uh, man, didn't even worry about. It. We had to ask for. We wanted five hundred meter barricades on the Arenberg because we're going to go in there with a hundred guys for a max sprint. There was going to be crashes everywhere. Man, I don't reckon the group was bigger than twenty that went in nah. every time. Whatever group you're in is the Arenberg. So that's the thing with the weather. That's the only good thing about the wet is that just like after the first section. You're pretty much in a group then, and unless you yeah. get a mishap on mechanical, you're in that group, and and you might change groups, but yeah, yeah. it's like it's way yeah. less stressful because yeah. like I've done rubes before that you just like you get through the first section, it's like a video game, you're like bang bang bang, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, got through that one, and then your speed is so high, and you come into Arenberg with hundred guys, full tilt, sprinting into the Arenberg, like. That is the only gnarly bit about the dry because when it is dry, everyone's motivated. And also you eliminate a lot of people in October when everyone's like, a lot of guys are like, I'm just over the season. It's piss mm. and rain. I'm kind of done with this. Where an April dry Roubaix, everyone's up. Everyone's motivated. Everyone's ready to go. So there was some like benefits to that too, you know. I think also the, the women's race the day before showed that not everyone just falls off if they touch a cobble. I mean, it was yeah. a pretty, pretty yeah. spectacular race and, like, um, pretty awesome race to watch their, their first event. And they also the, the crashes too. Most of the crashes in the bunch in, in, in the men's race were on the, on the roads, on the lead-in, mm. but the big crashes where more than one or two guys went down and any crash on the cobbles, it's really only one, maybe two or three guys go down and then everybody else gets around it, so... The women's race was awesome, I thought. Like, the mm. first Roubaix and, man, the baptism of fire for them, wet. <laughs> like they, and they they had it, like you, you said earlier, Maddie, that it's the cobbles are worse when they're half wet, half dry. You don't know what yeah, yeah. seat was going to be. At least on the Sunday's race, we knew that every seat was wet, every seat was muddy. They had the, the horrible condition of this seat was muddy, but this one's dried, and that's why they, I think they had quite a few more crashes than what we did because of that. Yeah, but the race itself was spectacular. Lizzie Dignan was just like her skill it, it was, was unbelievable. It was shit that they didn't do the coverage for the whole race. I know that was half-assed. Yeah. Like, just yeah. do the whole lot. Like, just yeah. rip the burnout off. Do it properly. Don't mm. just come in and just do the last fifty k because the best shit's at the start. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You know, like um, yeah. I've got a tech question for you, Maddie. Everyone was talking about the. Met, uh, Vanderpoel's shoes, you know, they stay yeah. pure white, and it yeah. was he's using that spray, you know, that waterproof spray as well. Why can't yeah. we get some sort of tech where you can have the spray on the front of your kit or even on your glasses so that when on you have money shit like that good. and it just just falls off? I'll um look into that and get back to you. I'll put it on my list. All right, do you, know what, do you know what else would be good for the glasses? Although. And I, I have yeah. heard rumors have been in the works, although it'd be terrible for the environment, is the terrorists. Yeah, the terrorists. Yeah, like so you just them put them in your back pocket. Yeah. And then put yeah. them in the, the compost out the back. In the waste zone. Don't, the waste zone, yeah. Doesn't our, don't our glasses have the ability for that? I think there's some lenses. They do. Little, they do little, have the, hole, yeah. little holes on yeah. the side. So. You're right. Yeah. But for some, I don't know why we haven't got them. I think they were still developing them, maybe, or something. Yeah. But 
Yeah, yeah. that, that would have been good, tear-offs in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, need something like that because if Durbo's going to win it in April and it's pissing down rain, we need all that work. <sighs> yeah, on or it puts the eye drops in before the race because... Yeah. Yeah. I did lose my glasses, so in the end, uh, if I had them on, I probably would have been... A bit better. I was taking, I was, you know, putting them on on the sector and then squirting the water and then clearing them off and then, you know, taking your hands off on the cobbles is not something you really want to do. But um, no, we definitely need to work out a different way because I was uh, blind. Are these yours? Are those the ones that you still got them? Uh, I think someone gave them to me, but I did lose a pair so I could claim them, but they're not mine. But I'll take them though if you want. No, they're not Chris's either. Someone, there's they might those be mine glasses. I don't know how they would be mine because they did come off my head unless someone's returned them to a swan year. Somebody returned them no, to. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you. Oh, they are exactly mine. <laughs> if someone's returned. Do you want to listen? Them. If you'd like to listen, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Would yes. You, would you like Fair. to know? Yes. So, <laughs> so they're mine, are they? No. <laughs> swan year from Bingo gave them to me in the second feed zone and said, "Your one of your riders dropped these. And then I took them to the bus, and then I asked everybody on the bus who's multiple were. times, multiple times, and everybody said no, except for Dino. He said, "No, no, they're not mine. I've lost mine." Well, <laughs> perhaps these are not mine. I lost them. What I have, no, they're not mine. I lost mine. Found glasses. These are found ones. So uh, they I, I lost actually mine. are my glasses because I wore I pink know. lenses. They are wore pink lenses. <laughs> they are mine. These what are the was, glasses you lost. What was freaky is the guys that were riding without glasses and they get to the finish and all the mud has dried, but their eyes have been weeping. The they look like those, yeah. you know, those miracle statues of Jesus that yeah, yeah. Like, oh, It's a miracle. He's a rock man. <laughs> Why is he crying? Yeah. I see two uh, things happen. I threw my jacket 15K in too, thought I'm never getting that back again. So, like, I was just real careless. Though. I put all my kid on thinking I'm going to throw all this stuff and I'm not getting it back. It's the last race of the season and they're going to be a lucky fan. And I couldn't – the fans didn't want it. They gave it all back. <laughs> got my glasses <laughs> back. Got my bows, my rain jackets back. So I was like, wow. Well, it was a lean year for wins, mate. And, <laughs> then I, and, and then I jumped out of the car and said, put this on. Yeah. So I got rid of that been, too. You've been bitching and moaning about being you cold. You were moaning about, oh, I'm really cold. Oh, hey, how, how, fil- <laughs> how filthy was the bus, buddy, after the finish? It's uh, yeah, always a shit show, but, geez, I was feeling Yeah, Durbo rolled in and said, uh, I'm off to the showers. And then he stood around for about 45 seconds, got hosed down and went, no, I'm just going to go in the bus. I'm too cold. Um, the, no, I think most people got hosed down, didn't they? Before they even mm. went in the bus, you yeah. couldn't. It was just caked on your Jonesy. Like, you, yeah, the shower you wouldn't do it. You have to have a high pressure hose. Like, you just, it was just because the sun came out at the end and it just dried on you. So it was like, yeah, you just, yeah, you like weren't the, going into a shower with that. Were you? you could literally do like the paper mache off the mm. off the face, you know, like, uh, uh, so. Um, I've got I've got my bike here. So the the bike that I raced on Sunday, I've got here at home now because I. The whole story. Long story. Anyway, yeah, long story. I've got my Rubay bike here at home, and I put it together yesterday. Um, not to ride it. I'm not going to ride it for a few weeks. But <laughs> I, uh, I pulled it out of the bike bag, and the chain was the color of my hat, just orange rust. I was like, "Oh, better get some lube on that." So I lubed it up, put the wheels in, and then I went to spin the cranks, and the, the cranks literally aren't turning. It's like the headset wouldn't move. So I had to call called the team mechanic that lives in town here and said, "Mate, you." I've got to give you my bike, and you're going to, have to strip it bare naked and clean all the dirt out of it. It's there's so much shit in there. 
Uh, so, I think you can find YouTube videos on how to do that. Yeah, you can find YouTube videos. I, I, yeah, yeah. I once a rider in YouTube. 2021, Matty. They don't do that shit. <laughs> I, once, I once went on YouTube to watch a video of how to do a podcast and the guy's gone. <laughs> <laughs> how to ask good questions. Skip yeah. that bit. Yeah. How to do a run sheet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward silence. Yeah. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what else you got, Bills? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I think more cycling stories. That's what people want. Old yeah. cycling stories. Last week, last step was a belter because George Bennett was up for, for the first time in about nine months. That makes a big, that makes a big difference. If he's not yeah. impressed. He's got a lot of motivation, oh, yeah. you know, when he, when he comes in we spent 30 minutes trying to get him going. <laughs> and then by the time we do, he's he's done. I guess, guys, I've, uh, yeah, I've got that thing on, you know, that thing. I've got to go after about 40 minutes. It's so, like uh, almost on cue, 40 minutes. Otherwise, I've got to go. 40 minutes. Yeah. So, and this is when we try to organize a podcast, it'd be like, you know, what day works for everyone, and George just applied that. <laughs> so, what, what's the plan right. for the potty now, Bills, that it's off season? What's, surely we get George up and about. Yeah, George. Uh, George is right. George is not here today because he's actually he's currently racing Milan Torino. Um, mm. But we thought we'd do a we wanted to do a, we wanted to do a wrap up of Perry Bay while it was still hot and everyone's heads. Um, so George does Lombardia on Saturday, then his season's finished. So from next week on, well, there's no excuse why we can't bang one out every. I think every couple of weeks is good, you know, because yeah. people time to watch and listen. And then, uh, but we'll be more regular. We'll be as regular as an irregular. Show can be. That's right. The fiber diet. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks for coming on, boys. Thanks, boys. No Great. Awesome. Thanks for having us on. See you, fellas. Right.